0: Porsche icons, there are plenty. The 356, 904, 959, 911, and of course many others. But there are two mid-engined, terrifyingly fast, whiplash-inducing icons of a more recent time that are just as legendary. They are the Carrera GT and the 918 Spyder. As Richard Hammond said when he tested the 918 for top gear, let's make some noise. Welcome to Porsche and the Never Substituted Podcast. I'm Will Beach, and in this episode, we'll take a look at a mid-engine car that is the most expensive that Porsche has ever produced. We've discussed the 550, the 718 RSK, the 914, and the Boxster, but today we'll lead off with a practical car that is good for the environment. Well, perhaps not that practical. I'm talking about the mid-engine 918 Spyder. Let me read you a few specs on this. Every bit of the word hypercar. 887 horsepower. 0 to 62 miles per hour in 2.2 seconds, 0 to 100 in 4.9 seconds, and 0 to 180 in 17 and a half seconds. The 918 has a top speed of 214 miles per hour, which is electronically controlled. It is powered by a naturally aspirated 4.6 liter V8 and dual front and rear electric motors. The original sticker price 885,000 US dollars, but to get one now, it's easily double that at the time of this recording. So how did it come to be? If you think back to the first hybrid car that you can remember, what was it? Well, most likely it was a Toyota Prius, Honda Insight, or maybe even GMZ ev one which really isn't a hybrid at all. However, the first hybrid ever built was actually a Porsche. Well, a loaner Porsche, and it was built in 1899, nearly a hundred years before the Prius. The Lohner Porsche was a gasoline-electric hybrid using hub-mounted electric motors in each wheel that were powered by batteries and a gasoline engine generator. The Jacob Lohner company hired Ferdinand Porsche when he was only 23 years old at the time, and even though he frankly didn't have much engineering education or background. He did enroll at the Vienna University of Technology, but he was more of a learn-on-the-job kind of guy, and obviously had a knack for engineering, which we will discuss on another podcast. The Loner Porsche was capable of 10 miles per hour and boasted 56 total horsepower. It also had a range of about 60 miles, but weighed so much, 4 tons, and cost so much, 15,000 Austrian crowns, that it was not practical for the general public. Ferdinand continued working for Lohner Works and, in 1905, was awarded the Potting Prize as Austria's most outstanding engineer. The experience with Lohner laid the foundation for Porsche as an engineer, and he was quickly hired by Daimler-Benz as chief designer. Jacob Lohner said in 1906, He is very young, but is a man with a big career before him. You will hear of him again. Well, that's an understatement the hybrids quietly went away as Henry Ford's inexpensive gasoline-powered Model T hit the general public. It's kind of a shame, really, because where would we be if we had a 100 years of studying hybrid technology? Let's fast forward to the development of the Carrera GT. Now, I know we're talking about the 918 Spyder, but it's important to note that executives at Porsche were not keen about topping the Carrera GT too quickly. Engineers were chomping at the bit for the successor to the amazing car, but were told they needed to slow down and that, quote, no, one can't bring a successor to such an exclusive model too quickly. At least 10 years should separate them, close quote. That was CEO Michael Macht. He wasn't necessarily wrong. 911 Turbo, 1976. 959, 1986. And so on. But to get right to it, technically, the Carrera GT was shown in Paris in 2000. That would mean that the next big thing should have been in 2010. So the time was past due for something spectacular. The chief of design, Michael Maurer, had this to say. We had to send out two convincing messages. First, that Porsche's competence as a sports car manufacturer is still unparalleled. And second, that the company is still uncompromising in its commitment to environmentally compatible technology. Executives at Porsche were saying that they wanted to create a car that fascinates people. This was in 2009, and the engineers were given only five months to build the XG10, as the 918 was then coded, for the Geneva Auto Show. Did they succeed? Well, indeed they did. They had a rolling chassis prototype that stunned the crowds at Geneva. One observer said this, I've never been at a show and experienced what I call an E-type moment. Now I'm assuming he's referring to the 1961 Jaguar E-type. He goes on to say, An unveiling so shocking and groundbreaking, it can snap shut the mouths of a thousand journalists in a single instant. These days there are no surprises at motor shows. Everything is necessarily trailed far in advance. Yet when the Porsche 918 Spyder came into the room, I don't believe a single person knew it was coming. Then there's this nugget. The Porsche 918 Spyder is one of the most astonishing cars ever presented by anyone. And on and on and on. One quote that I really like regarding the 918 is from the New York Times when they said, Porsche pulled off the biggest surprise at the Geneva Auto Show. Porsche is not saying whether the 918 Spyder concept will go into production, but don't bet against it. The technology is just too promising and the styling too delectable. So the public loved it, but would it be built? Porsche was a bit concerned about how many customers would actually buy the 918, because they knew that it would have an exceptional price for such a technical masterpiece. Those costs would not be realized for some time, but Porsche gave the project the green light in July of 2010. At the 2010 Concorde d'Elegance, Porsche decided to shuttle about 400 guests, which included former Carrera GT owners, to a private preview of the car. Automotive News said this, Porsche representatives picked up interested 918 Spyder customers and shuttled them off-site to a nondescript airplane hangar at the small Monterey Peninsula Airport. There, the car was showcased like a stolen Rembrandt. For dramatic effect, the dark hangar had been redone with all white walls and floor. Visitors entered and walked around a wall to find the Spyder sitting on a raised platform bathed in an acid green light. Amid the surreal environment, a large-screen TV monitor silently showed images of the car in motion. 900 people put deposits on the car. As the car developed, the cost would be around 850,000 US dollars. 918 cars were to be produced, and buyers needed to put down a deposit of $200,000 to get on the list, and another 200,000 when production began. Want the Wysock edition, which shaved off about 90 pounds, and just add another $84,000 U.S. dollars. The 918 Spyder wouldn't be available for nearly another four years, and the weight was definitely worth it for the lucky few. Now, that's not to say that there weren't some hiccups along the way. There were plenty. Things that seemed simple to us, like where to put the exhaust of what is essentially a race car and a street car, as to not overheat the batteries. Braking was an issue initially, as was converting kinetic energy to electrical energy. Speaking of braking, Porsche is not only known for its sheer acceleration, but also how it stops that acceleration. The Porsche 997 GT3 RS needed 886 feet to stop from a speed of 186 miles per hour. The 918 did it in 811 feet. Gotta love ceramic brakes. They also had a dashboard of red warning lights after a lap at the famed Nürburgring where one observer said, when do you think it will become a car? Ouch. One somewhat embarrassing moment came when famed driver Walter Rural was asked at a kickoff event of 400 Porsche employees to say a few words. He said, I thought the Carrera GT was too heavy and now the new car is supposed to weigh 300 kilograms more than that? You can imagine what I think is important. As the crowd clapped, he added, The hybrid? I don't need it. Make a sports car like the Carrera GT, just better. Yikes. Frank Stefan Walliser, who was leading the development team, then stood up and said, Well, it looks like we have another challenge, convincing Walter Rural of the hybrid concept. Development, of course, continued, and records were broken. For one instance, the Nürburgring lap record for a street-legal car was broken by the 918 Spyder not just broken, but shattered to the tune of 6 minutes, 57 seconds. Porsche had another legend. What were the reactions from the general public once it was available? Well, some like this. Porsche's hybrid masterpiece, the most complete car in the Holy Trinity. That is from Top Gear, and the Holy Trinity they are referring to is the McLaren P1 and the Ferrari LaFerrari. They go on to say that, there is really nothing else like the 918 Spider, and quite possibly the most complete hypercar there has ever been. Car and Driver gave it a 10 out of 10. Wired Magazine said in 2014 that the 918's status as a legendary hypercar is all but insured. DuPont Registry said that the 918 is the Frankenstein monster of Porsches, and the Spider with the Weissach package is, without a doubt, the most brilliant machine to ever leave Germany. Now, my favorite quote from anyone, in my opinion, was from Steve Sutcliffe of Autocar. The moment you select sport in the 918 and the combustion engine fires, all hail breaks loose. At that point, the 918 does a full Jekyll and Hyde number as the monster within is unleashed. Bury the throttle and several things happen, pretty much all at once. One, The noise from the V8 goes all hard-edged and sounds utterly delicious. Two, the back of your head thumps to the front of the seat in a way that you would never think possible. Three, you will most certainly feel a compulsive need to swear, possibly quite loudly, to relieve the tension that has just paralyzed your neck muscles. Four, your jaw will fall wide in disbelief. I think that's a pretty vivid description. Unfortunately, I've not had the opportunity to drive one although there is one for sale at the local Porsche dealership at the moment. Hint, hint. The 918 Spyder is the ultimate Porsche to some. It surely isn't the analog driving experience that some owners prefer, but it shows that Porsche can evolve and adapt to the changing climate of engineering that will be the future of car manufacturing. The 918 Spyder was the second hybrid that Porsche produced the Panamera hybrid being the first. Well, it could be said that it was actually the third after the 1899 loaner Porsche. But it just goes to show that Porsche has been and always will be committed to being at the forefront of advancing the engineering of the automotive industry. It definitely, as Hammond put it, makes some noise. Thanks for listening to our short history of the 918. Our next episode, we will be looking at the analog genius of the Carrera GT. Please share and tell your friends, family, and fellow Porsche lover. I also want to hear from you. I'm collecting Porsche stories for future podcasts and would love to hear how your love affair with Porsche began. You can email me at will at neversubstituted.com. Support our podcast by going to neversubstituted.com and check out our shop, links, and some very cool stuff, plus a preview of next week's show. Special thanks to Dennis Schrader Photography in Austin, Texas. You can see some amazing automotive prints and artwork at FastLanePhotoWorks.com. Also, a lot of information from this podcast is from Porsche, Excellence Was Expected by Carl Lundvigson. I'm Will Veach. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope to see you again soon.